and we are live hello 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 you're listening to are you two in love or with eva o'burn and lucy holmes and or lucy holmes and eva o'burn depending which way you like us i think that's i'm kind of low-key disappointed that we're inside while broadcasting you know yourself it's absolutely it's absolutely roasting it's absolutely roasting here i was saying it to eva this morning we were sitting outside we have we had a thermometer in the shade and it was reading 32 degrees which is traffic which yeah. is just which is traffic ins- insane heat um and we, we literally just had a thunderstorm as well so this is like real summer weather but not real irish summer weather so i'm confused happy excited it's, feeling many emotions it's real life climate change you know yourself <laughs> yay okay oh, so this week we are talking about something very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, Eva, I'd like you to introduce this week's episode. Okay, so keeping in mind everything that's happening in the world right now, we wanted to do an episode on queer culture that was slightly more serious before going into one that was more kind of celebrating pride. Yeah. But when it comes to pride, you need to keep in mind the origins of pride, and you, of course, have to remember perhaps one of the greatest figures uh, in history, um, Marsha P. Johnson. An um, icon. An icon, an actual icon when it comes to queer culture. And Marsha was a, um American drag queen, and she... Um, she's known for taking part in the Stonewall riots. She wasn't actually the person who started the riots, but she was a prominent figure in 1969. Yeah. And Marsha was uh, an African-American drag queen, a, like a trans woman who a lot of people in today's queer culture forget about, unfortunately, in the sense that we kind of owe modern pride to these queer icons, and yet they're treated so badly in... Um, today's world like two trans black trans women were killed this week this week in the u.s alone which is just which is horrible just just simply disgraceful like i i obviously can't put into words how horrible it is and i'm sure a lot of people have seen the figures going around that um a black trans woman um life expectancy is only 35 years old Hmm. which is disgusting it's a disgusting figure but we have to be very much aware that Pride originated from a trans woman, yet even mm. within the community, there's still a lot of transphobia. Because when people yeah. s- when people hear pride, for the most part, they think of gay men. And I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, they, it's they think of that photo that's been doing the rounds on Twitter of a gay man in California wearing a bandana that's barely covering his dick, and there's nothing else. Yeah, and literally. that's that's and like, just. Oh, oh my god it's one of those photos that you're like wow you see the levels of privilege within a minority which is not meant to happen you know yeah but it did um and that's what we're kind of we're talking about um kind of different uh accounts of marsh's life this week we'll be talking about um the netflix documentary that's become available recently again the life and death of marsha p johnson um, there's kind of a controversy around that documentary itself and whether it takes away from uh, trans culture. Um, yeah, so there's it's just kind of opening up the conversation about how we need to remember these figures in order to be proud today of who we are, because without the founders of a movement, 
there is no movement exactly so um, and i'd also like to touch on in this episode the kind of origins of pride in ireland specifically because a lot mm. of people are very like not i was gonna say very quick to forget but a lot of people don't know that pride started as a protest in ireland as well anywhere that mm-hmm. pride was started it was a protest pride was always a form of protest so like obviously with everything going on in america it's very topical at the moment and I think a lot of people are saying a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community. Well, let me rephrase that. Um, not a lot, but I have seen some people in the LGBTQ plus community say that they shouldn't be rioting in America because it's not going to achieve yeah. anything. And the mm-hmm. irony of that statement. Um, and I think people need to be more aware of the origins of their own movement and that how privileged we are in Western societies to have massive pride parades where people can be openly themselves, but how there's still problems there and there's still problems in the rest of the world that people forget to address. Yeah, and it's just, like, there's been some um, leaps and bounds made recently, particularly with um, within, like, trans rights and LGBT rights in the sense that um, a new kind of um, part of legislation was established today by the Supreme Court in the US that uh, LGBT people cannot uh, be discriminated against when it comes to employment but the Trump administration has removed uh, basically removed rights to healthcare for trans people or actually LGBTQ people as well if you're suspected of being trans or, or LGBTQ your rights can be taken away and I think that's terrifying it, because that is because it was sorry no it's the most stupid argument because they're like oh if i think you might be gay they can say i'm not giving you health care so it's genuinely if a doctor doesn't like the look of you they can refuse you health care on any grounds they want they can just yeah. be like oh well i thought they were gay but the interesting thing about what the high court passed was that basically uh, like obviously i don't know the ins and outs of it i'm not i'm not that up to date with america and also forgive me but basically it is infringement of one of their it's it's an infringement of um, people's rights. One of the amendments, I can't remember which one exactly, but this ruling basically means that Trump's ruling will become null and void. So mm-hmm. it's a bittersweet thing because yes, you're, that the president of America is anti-LGBTQ+, but at least the American high court. Is it the high court, the American high court? Um, so fucked up because the actual justices in there some are heavily probably right wing but yeah. yet they're more they're more left wing than other i'm not gonna say her name but famous female authors they're I more left oh stop it's but... like, oh, i just i don't even want i don't want to give her credit or say her name because that's all she wants and that's why she turned off responses and her tweets and stuff you know so you have to quote tweet it and share the message even further which just angered me to know like yeah oh queen no okay i'm assuming anyone who knows who we're talking about knows who we're talking about but queen Mm -hmm. said oh i'm not getting enough attention now how do i make this entire situation about me but anyway um no but what's really interesting was earlier today when we found out that the high court in america had passed Mm -hmm. basically said it's an infringement of one of the amendments i think it could be the first amendment i'm not sure i don't know my american law um we heard this like me my dad and my mother heard this we were sitting in the kitchen together we were all really confused and my dad Mm -hmm. made the point that like even if these people are extremely right-wing you never know what's going on behind closed doors you never know if 
they themselves are positive you never know if they have like lgbtq plus family members like that's the thing mm-hmm. a lot of people forget is that like lgbt being part of the lgbt community doesn't always reflect your political stance your sexuality and your politics yeah are and that's yeah that's separated it. you know so i mean i don't know i'm just i'm just frustrated with america at the moment like i just can't can't even put it into yeah. words because um just bringing up the actual the, the very popular documentary at the moment um on netflix see when once you watch it you actually kind of understand how biased the legal system is against minorities and obviously people have had this kind of this new form of exposure people who don't live in the u.s have had this new form of exposure to it in the past while with the black lives matter movement being kind of refired in recent weeks it's just like the law does not care for minorities in the u.s and like most murders and abuses of particularly black trans women tend to go unnoticed uncared for and the cases go cold marcia p johnson's case it has gone cold yeah no looking for her killer no one's looking to rule her death as anything other than a suicide yeah they were so actually just cutting in there a cheeky little trigger warning talking about marcia p johnson's death right now because she was found um drowned in a river and Mm -hmm. they ruled it out as suicide but Mm -hmm. her body was saying something that wasn't suicide so anyway it's just like it's a very sad death to actually discuss because no one actually knows the details of what happened, which is the worst thing about it all. Um, and like, what is so astounding about Marsha P. Johnson is that everyone who knew her was convinced it wasn't yeah. any form of self-harm, um, but it just went cold and this is kind of the questioning that's happening in the US it's where are these women going why aren't people protecting these women and we cannot and there was a quote and like because I rewatched the documentary this morning so it'd be fresh in my mind there was a quote that Marcia said that unless everyone is equal there is no cause for celebration and maybe we should always keep this in mind when it comes to pride that yes you can be proud and and you can share your rainbows and you can you can kind of give in to the corporate pride as a as a guilty pleasure but if you're not asking about your other you know kind of you know co-members of the community why why can we celebrate because you're not celebrating all pride you're celebrating your specific pride and that's not what it's supposed to be yeah which See, is the thing is i think the point is is that um if all members of the community aren't moving forward, then the community is not moving forward, as simple as. Just because um, you are gay and you're not as discriminated against as other people in the LGBTQ plus community, that doesn't mean we've made leaps and bounds. Yes, you may, may have made personal leaps and bounds, but until the entire community is brought forward, until the entire community is seen as equal, we are mm-hmm. still, pride will still be a protest. Because people say, like, I've heard people say, like, oh, why do they, why do you need, um, why do you need pride? What's the point of pride? You've got your rights. You're equal. You've got marriage. Whatever. 
but it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah, cause the people that are so still actively being discriminated against. Yeah, because like I, I always get not as not so malicious, but people are like, um, "Why do we still need pride? Because you, you, you know, marriage equality happens. You know, that's it. You know, that's in a lot of people's minds, marriage equality was the ultimate kind of goal." Yeah. Um, and it's just it's so frustrating to be like actually no because you know like trans people are treated so poorly across all aspects of society they're treated i just within ireland itself you know there's still so many biases and yeah but actually, i mean something something i want to bring up at this point i think is very interesting is that there is a lot of trans erasure within the community as well in 2015 mm-hmm. A film, sorry, as I was, obviously I was researching a lot before we did this show, but I stumbled across the fact that they made a movie called Stonewall. So in 2015, they made a movie called Stonewall Mm -hmm. and they based it around um, a gay white man. Marsha P. Johnson was mentioned in it once in the entire movie. They made it. They made an entire movie about Stonewall and mentioned Marsha P. Johnson once and basically credited it to this white man erasing what a black trans woman of colour did. And mm-hmm. now, obviously, the, the film didn't do very well. It got 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the huge, the bigger problem with this is that they were trying to market um, kind of gay pride and gay um, protest in a way that it made it more palatable for a heteronormative society rather than mm-hmm. portraying the truth, which is disgusting. Like, I was mm-hmm. disgusted when I found out about this, because I know I had absolutely no idea about this. It's really gone under the radar for the fact that it died. It nosedived. It was not good. People did not enjoy it. People were slating it, and rightly so, because it totally erases what Martha P. Johnson done. Did? Done? Did? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because within... Here's the question about when you're telling... Um, LGBTQ stories there, there's controversy that kind of came from this documentary The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson Marsha P. Johnson the controversy resulted as a result of a short film that was directed by a trans woman um, and the film in question was called Happy Birthday Marsha and it was directed by uh, Rena Gossett, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing the name what Rena basically said on her private Instagram was that the director of um, the life, uh, the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson, um, David Franz, she basically said that he had stolen a lot of her material. And it is when it's the conflict of should you only let trans people tell the story or should you open it up? And a lot of people see this is grounds to boycott this documentary i myself once i watched it again and kind of like took this into view i saw that it's not really about marcia herself which is kind of when you think about it it's quite undermining of yeah, who she was that's a huge problem i had with the documentary itself like i think it is for the most part a good documentary i wouldn't exactly give it a 10 out of 10 but it was it was okay mm-hmm. but it kind of skips over marcia it does give us a kind of idea of her activism, the importance of her activism, but it kind of ignores her as a person. We don't learn yeah. about her time in New York. We don't learn about her growing up. We don't learn anything about her. 
and it's supposed yeah. to be about the life and death of Marsha P. Johnson. It's just like, oh, well, she was an activist. She did this wonderful thing. But mm-hmm. I feel like it missed out on a lot of stuff she did do. And I... Like, it mentions Star and stuff, but it kind of mentions Star through the eyes of um, her, basically, her her partner in life, her best friend, um, Sylvia Rivera as well, like, who is, again, Another, an incredible, yeah. incredible another incredible just, act, uh, activist and there, there was a lot not a lovely but like such an iconic speech where she gets her pride and she's and uh, she 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 tells what is what is still prominent today she says none of you care about the people who are being persecuted because you're stuck in the white middle class gay bubble which is such a not a problem but I feel that within the community, people just like people fall into like the oh you can you can love Drag Race and you can go to the George, but like they won't speak out when a trans person is killed. Exactly, and that's a huge problem as well because there is a lot of like prejudice. Like I said this earlier, there's a lot of prejudice in the LGBTQ plus community, <laughs> and people are very like good at overlooking mm-hmm. it because it doesn't seem to affect them even though they're part of the community they have benefited from what Marsha P. Johnson did Marsha P. Johnson mm-hmm. a trans woman that was allegedly murdered mm-hmm. now it was like obviously we said it was ruled as suicide but you don't get to cherry pick when you're part of the community you don't get to decide that I'm going to benefit from this work but ignore fact that people in the community are dying it's very problematic mm-hmm. and it's something i am really not here for mm-hmm. it's just so unfortunate that like and it, it's just what it is in terms of representation of the community white gay men do unfortunately get kind of the most airtime across all forms of media you know they're kind yeah. of they're more adored and relatable you know if there's there's you know the Tyler Oakleys of the world, and there's the the Stanford Blatch from Sex in the City. Like there's so many, you can name so many white gay male characters throughout media, and I think this is where it's just it's it's not that I'm saying it's harder to relate to women within the LGBTQ communities, but they're just not as prominent. No. I don't think I can name a lesbian character off the top of my head. I don't think I can Tra- either. And it's, I and, that, and there's even less of people of colour as well which is another massive issue is that these characters aren't being pushed forward as a norm when they are the norm you know it is a form yeah. of erasure like if we're to talk about um, like the LGBTQ plus community being um, represented in different forms of media there's a massive problem in academic papers when referring to the LGBTQ community for some reason, and I've seen it several times in academic papers, the LGBTQ community is traditionally referred to as that. Lesbian mm-hmm. first, gay second. But for some reason in academic papers, it's oh GLBT. And that's just so... Purposefully putting gay first. And the thing is, you could be like, that's such a small thing. That doesn't matter. Why would that matter? But it's what it signifies. It's what the rationale behind putting the G first, even though it's the traditional acronym is LGBT. What's, Mm -hmm. like, you did that for what? Like, what are you trying to say with that? There's no point to put the G in front. And it's this constant, like, oh, okay, 
gay men gay men is fine like straight women like i'm not saying all straight women but straight women being like oh i want a gay bff but then one of their friends comes out as gay and suddenly they're weirded out it's that kind of like unconscious bias that we have and i feel like it stems from the fact that there's not enough um gay representation in media in general there's not enough lesbian representation there's not enough queer representation and there's definitely not enough trans representation in any way shape or form and the thing is when there is gay representation i it's always about how like much of a struggle it is i want it to just be a normal thing i just want to like movie like i don't know where there's monsters and aliens and there's two people that just happen to be girlfriends and it's not like a big deal it's not like a weird it's not like this massive struggle it just is what it is you know i don't like it's very Uh liberating for like for people to for like straight people to see like this struggle between a relationship but that seems to be all that lgbtq plus relationships are in media is that it's a constant struggle it's a constant battle and i just want it to be like seen as a normal thing and seen as just being like i just want to see a comfortable relationship you know Mm -hmm. it's just you know unfortunate that within because ireland itself as a place for lgbtq there's so much work to be done and I like it is it's very easy to be like oh it's a safe place when it's really not because when because I like coming from someone who lives within the capital and stuff like I'm not saying that Dublin's the best but I found I find so many people who are like me but at the same time I've found so many people who are very quick to throw slurs in casual conversation. Yeah, and it's like you you wonder what could be done for the LGBT community. I'd love to get like because there's so many problems, but I don't know I don't know what solutions there are to telling like because you will find that, and I'm not saying that it's all straight white men, but they are very quick to to describe things as gay, and I'm like, but why? Like, why is it so bad to be what I am? And it's yeah. like that internalization and like kind of that kind of hatred against yourself which all people of minorities like if you like right like if you are a minority of any kind in terms of orientation in terms of skin color if you have a disability it's like this internalized hatred that you will feel towards yourself the more people portray what you are as negative and i just wish that more people would understand and that's the thing i it's this is like a bit of an aside yes but i but it's that point of using like gay as a slur like haha that's so gay like Mm -hmm. i never got that because it was always towards active femininity as if being in any way feminine is bad and women are wonderful so i don't understand why men are like oh you know women are the best you know in comparison and on that note (laughs) and and on that note men are trash (laughs) apart from (laughs) siri playing men are trash by tebby right um (laughs) Do you know what? But... <laughs> Why don't I just? I think now I'm gonna cut in with "Men Are Trash" by Teddy Rex. So we are building up to that for the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> so this is "Men Men Are Trash" by Teddy Rex. Please enjoy. It's very on theme by Teddy Rex. Um, a very appropriate song for this time. But now something I really want to talk about is, um, Pride in Ireland. And I know we were kind of talking about it. We were kind of saying it, but the history of Pride in Ireland 
is <sighs> messy as all histories are so mm-hmm. pride in ireland started um the first dublin pride march took place on june 27 1974 when 10 brave souls marched from the department of justice on st stephen's green to the british embassy on marion road to highlight the criminalization of homosexuality and mm-hmm. um the thing we don't talk about is that like the criminalization of homosexuality was like you know, it's it's one of those things that's just it says here in this article, like, and I think it words it so well, it's a nasty hangover from colonial times. Yeah. And um oh, God. It's just when you read about the origins of pride within Ireland, it's just Yeah. Like especially once you look into the like the nineteen eighties, um and especially 83 to commemorate um, the passing of Declan Flynn. Yeah. It's just, I think so many people tried to, you know, really hold the Irish government accountable for what happened. And, and they never really have, I think the Irish government are, you know, you, well, we used to, and not and as today we have a, a lizard man as our Taoiseach. But, um, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm gonna say. Um, but Leo Radcliffe, yes, he was gay, and they kind of made things not easier, but it was definitely probably it was a nicer framing to yeah. have. But when when you look at how little LGBT people are involved in politics, you you get scared and these people were so brave at a time where homosexuality was unacceptable to say the least within Ireland see I think the the problem in Ireland is that yes okay it is absolutely wonderful that we passed the gay marriage referendum and that it was through through a vote and Mm -hmm. but we're very quick to forget the history and all of the years Mm -hmm. that went prior and I do think we have changed so much in the last 10 years alone and I think Ireland is working towards becoming a wonderful place but mm-hmm. we we are quick to forget its history, and like we will never understand because we never lived in a world where um, being gay was illegal. Whereas my parents mm-hmm. did, my parents mm-hmm. saw it happen. Like, like mm-hmm. consensual gay sex was a criminal offense. There was a, like there was a massive crusade against language that used that was used by gay people. So a lot of like liberal pu- publications were censored and attacked. And yeah. it's that kind of censoring that. Um, oh, sorry, my brain is not working today. But it's that kind of censoring that prevented uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community from coming out. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the the nineteen eighties was a very dark time for queers in Ireland, um, Mm -hmm. because suddenly being gay was a lot more like there was this new visibility, um, in the nineteen eighties because a lot more people were like gay activists, LGBTQ plus activists. But because of that, um, because of that, there was a lot more um, prejudiced attacks. For example, like De- Declan Flynn is the best example. In 1983, he was beaten mm-hmm. um, by five people aged between 12 and 18. Mm-hmm. And their statement when he was murdered, that they, they said they were clearing the park of queers. And the judge yeah. let them off with a suspended sentence. And um, 
1983 was a very very dark time i think the 80s was a very dark time in uh, queer history in ireland yeah because you know around this time those gay pride marches had stopped and they didn't start again until 1992 um and finally, in 1993, the Bill Decriminalising Homosexuality was signed off during Pride Week. Mm-hmm. On like, the 24th of June, which tends to be kind of like Pride Day within Ireland yeah. itself. Which um, like, it's so upsetting to think. It's so upsetting yeah. that a few years before we were born, it was yeah. illegal that- to be gay. Like 1992, you think 1992, oh, that's a modern society. Oh, Ireland was a modern place. 1992 yeah. it was still illegal to be gay it was still illegal to be yourself like i that's okay that's the one thing i'm gonna say i don't know why people get so hung up about what people are doing in their own time as long yeah. as it's not hurting someone else as long as it's consensual as long as you're of age mm-hmm. i like it's none of your business do you know like, i just forget just... how in a way brainwashed society was um by the catholic church it just and it's a mentality i don't think any of us who are who are born literally in this century can ever understand you know and i just when you think about because like this it's so funny how within everyone's family basically there tends to be like the gay uncle or the gay aunt who lived with their close friend and no one said anything because that that was one of mine um i had a gay uncle who lived with his um partner for life and my grandfather who was his brother just thought these were two bachelors living together and i look at that now how could you think it's so funny but it's like you see in history books like you hear descriptions of um like writers or anyone that was part of the lgbtq community and they're described them as being very close to like another person of the same sex like what's his name um the 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 poet who was on the leaving cert the priest god damn it what was his name oh oh god i couldn't i couldn't help you there if you tried i can't remember anything of my leaving cert years but it's like i've seen but even today actually today i saw an article today or yesterday over the past few days yeah there's still this stigma and i see it all the time there'll there'll be like a daily mail article where it's like Bella Thorne seen hanging around with her gal pal who she lives with and is also her literal girlfriend like they can't yeah. they're afraid to say it like yeah they're more comfortable to say um like oh Jonathan Van Ness and uh, their boyfriend but yeah. they're not comfortable to say Bella Thorne and her girlfriend because they women don't it's never assumed when two women are out together they're together unless it's us two that's how this, this yeah. podcast starts Someone assumed we were in a relationship and we were like, okay. We were like, that's it. <laughs> and the rest is history. And we can confirm that we are. We are in a relationship. But the, the name of the guy was Jared Manley Hopkins. And this guy was a poet for, that comes up in the Leaving Cert. He's decent enough. But apparently he had a long-term pen pal who was a man. I and they no were very idea close. about this. That's and amazing. A lot, see, a lot of people who went, who were, who were eventually ordained in the church, they were probably gay. It's just that they couldn't actually express themselves. And Jared Manley Hopkins happened to be one of these people. Um, what's it called? It's, oh, I read this amazing historical fact uh, today that you know how um, kind of there's this accepted lingo of girls saying, "Oh, I like your style," or "Do you listen to Girl in Red?" as like yeah. a, a secret code. 
apparently in the 19th century, women used to ask each other if they'd, if they'd heard of the rumours surrounding Marie Antoinette. <gasps> I had no idea, but that's amazing. That's how and I'm like, going to hit people up from now on. Their little code of, do you, are you... Um, so, have you ever heard of the um, rumours around Marie Antoinette? Sorry, that's how I'm going to hit up everyone from now on. Um, so if I message you that, make sure to know that I'm hitting on you. Take notes. That's an excellent line. Like, have you heard of the supposed lesbian affair of Marie Antoinette? That's an interesting fact. But yeah, oh, it's just... Like, it's, it's, it's wonderful yeah. to talk and to look and say, look how far we've come. But we still have a lot further to go. Because, like, the yeah. thing is about the Stonewall riot is at that time, like, I need to find, I have, I do have facts about this, by the way, I'm not just making it up. But at the time, it was a crime um, to wear drag. And women faced yeah. the yeah. same punishment if they were found wearing less than three pieces of, quote unquote, feminine clothing, whatever that means. So if a woman presented in any way masculine, she could be arrested for it. Like wearing trousers. Yeah. Oh my god. So if that's she, just yeah. So basically, they're targeting butch women and drag queens. Like it's just, oh, it's so hard to even fathom what it was like. And basically, within because uh, a lot of people don't know how Stonewall was a thing. Basically, the mafia would pay off police in order to set up these underground bars and yes they are subject to raids and things a, a lot of the time that's how stonewall happened but like the mafia was basically controlling the gay community and that's why corruption was kind of so frequent and it just it it was this manipulation of well we can't work like the law doesn't protect us so we have to go to the mafia it's not like the mafia is going to protect them either and it's just like Imagine being so scared that your only protection is the mob. Like, I know it's such a, just... it's such a terrifying thought. Like, it like it is. It's it's always going to be hard for us to comprehend because we never ever lived through that experience. Mm-hmm. But like, the, the like Stonewall riots, like people mm-hmm. were openly being attacked day in day mm-hmm. out for their sexuality. They were being followed by police. They were being asked their names. They were being like. Mm-hmm basically doxxed as well for their equivalent mm-hmm. of it police would like find people in these bars and then blackmail them there's loads mm-hmm. of evidence of this and i think the stonewall was just stonewall was the like what's the mm-hmm. phrase i'm looking for the hay that broke the camel's back because yeah. it was that point where people were like we're not taking this anymore and from that it was like a ripple effect yeah because like within Ireland itself we're so lucky that you know we have people like David Norse who have always constantly campaigned and worked and we have we do have very prominent um figures in terms of gay culture we've Panty Bliss and you know it's just it's so great to see that but in a way I'm, I'm really curious as to see who's going to be the next prominent kind of not a gay icon but kind of like leader of the of the of the of the LGBTQ voice within Ireland, you know, because I mean James Kavanagh potentially, but just I, I don't know. He was just um, in love with James Kavanagh. Just putting that out I there. Just, 
I adore James Kavanagh with all of my heart. I just I stand him so hard. But it's just, you know, I I really fear for, you know, kind of gender identity within Ireland. And as well as that, the sex education needs to change. I just I don't recall actually I distinctly remember and it's not even on LGBTQ as well which is just like the craziest fact but my SPHE teacher didn't know what toxic masculinity was and I mentioned it casually in conversation when I was talking about some paper I was writing in history or something and I was like oh this is a, a like example of toxic masculinity and she was like what and I was like when men are encouraged to be men for the sake of being a man and she was like what and I was like okay you like oh my god it's just there's a gap in education within Ireland like don't even get me started on the education system in Ireland because I could go off about it but like one thing and I need to say it teachers in Ireland need internal bias training which basically helps them to recognize their internal bias because that's so important you cannot have biases against the student you're teaching it's not fair like the thing is we can say oh isn't Ireland so wonderful aren't we so great we've done this that and the other isn't Dublin so liberal but you move down the country and that energy seems to disappear you know mm-hmm. like the thing is is that yes okay there's definitely mm-hmm. still like it's not as mm-hmm. it's nowhere near as bad as it was but it's not great it's not great down in the sticks you know and I think people mm-hmm. are quick to say like Dublin's amazing Dublin's wonderful but they don't look outside their bubble because there is a very Dublin centric bubble where it's very much acceptable to be who you want to be for the most part mm-hmm. now not for like I know it's still tough there's a lot of struggles I will never ever understand so I'm not going to speak over them but yeah. in the country I think it's a lot harder like and I, yeah. I hate to pull out the like the only gay in the village joke but when you are the only gay in the village you're like a target for bullying you're a target yeah. you know it's you know we've yeah. taken it's two steps forward one step back you know we've taken you know different, like not like I'm not saying like different laws but like there's like within um you can't gay couples can't have commercial surrogacy for one within ireland and conversion therapy for uh, for minors is currently not banned it can be you can bring a child to be brought brought to conversion and so basically for anyone that doesn't know what conversion therapy is it's basically i don't even know how to explain it it's basically brain rush washing someone out of their sexuality out of being gay um they use shock therapy they use loads of different like they use exposure therapy like it's straight up child abuse it's horrible um like it's disgusting it's a disgusting reality and the fact that it's still happening the fact mm-hmm. that it's still going on in 2020 mm-hmm. and there, it's like there's nothing we can do about it it's not like we can go and say stop because these will like Oh, it's just so. So. Because the Constitution in Ireland was written in such a weird, kind of, it's just the Constitution is weird. It was written in in with a religious kind of oversight, and it's written with a with it within the perception of straight white men. So, yeah. as most there's laws so many, are. Yeah, true. Within the actual Constitution, there's a lot of laws that just exist for no reason. Um, up until recently, there was an actual phrasing in the constitution where it was said that women, the a woman's place is within the home. That literally said it in the Irish constitution, which is you just kind of look at it and you're like, that that had to be scribbled in by accident. But it was an actual 
part of the constitution and within ireland it's just there's so much that we need to dismantle before we can properly move forward and it's just like like it's just such a like it's we just kind of lost for words when we actually look at how much there needs to be done because yeah, within like, ireland again like there's the whole um being able to donate blood you know that's just like it's so it's so muddled within Ireland itself it's like i don't know if i'm allowed to donate blood or if like or if men are now allowed to donate blood because like how can you prove if you're gay or straight yeah it's you know? such an it's such an outdated kind of concept and i saw something on twitter and now this was um my brother actually shared it funnily enough but it was a um, screen caption from an article talking about how um, someone in direct provision didn't have enough evidence to prove that they were gay because they'd never had a boyfriend because they hadn't gone to like these like gay counseling um groups or like lgbtq plus groups and when asked why they said they were just more comfortable speaking to their mother about it and then the, the article mm -hmm. ended with that there's not sufficient evidence of this person being gay and i don't really know what the context was there but Mm -hmm. The fact that you have to prove your sexuality, and it's the same with bisexuality, is that there is this massive stigma against bisexuality. Because there's always, like, when people that are bisexual are portrayed in the media, they're, they're shown to be like, like, excuse my French, excuse how blunt I am, but they're kind of portrayed as sluts. It's like, oh, they go for everyone mm -hmm. and everyone, which is not at all true. So there's a lot of biphobia. Yeah. Um, yeah jesus and, christ like it's a massive problem where people are always like you need to choose a side yeah and there's a lot of bi erasure where i've seen celebrities like baby gaga being called an lgbtq plus ally when she herself mm -hmm. is bisexual she is mm -hmm. part of the community just because she is with a man or was with a man doesn't erase that yeah. and i think yeah it makes you scared because yeah. And I, I haven't rejected the label of bisexual, but it makes me hesitant to embrace it because not that I feel more valid when I'm like, oh, I'm queer, but it does feel like people won't turn me away as quickly, you know, because people are like, even though bisexual is kind of technically a more recognizable term, it's just like, you get, you, unfortunately, bisexuals do get a lot of, oh, it's just a phase more than anyone else. Because no one tends to kind of doubt the validity of gay or lesbians, but yeah. with bisexual, like oh, you, you have end to. Up it's like you have to prove related. your worth. You have to prove that you are like you should never ever have to prove your sexuality. You know yourself. That is how you feel. Like I have never met a straight person that's had to prove that they are straight. That is not a thing. And I remember having this conversation to someone before, and they were like, "Yeah, like it, it was a man for reference." They were like, "Yeah, I like men, but I just don't like I've." I've never gotten with one, so I don't know, maybe I'm not bisexual. And I was like, but do you like men in the same way you like women? And they were like, yeah, I do, but I don't have any proof. And I was like, when does a straight person ever have to prove that they are yeah. straight? Actually, Sive made a very good comment um, on the Trinity FM like, chat, and she said, bisexual women seen as only being into girls for male attention is... It's the worst. Yeah, it's the oh. worst. It's disgusting. Like, who... like. If that's if I'm using that to oppress a man, I don't want to be with that man. Like, yeah. there's a lot of fetishization around bisexuality, <laughs> and it's creepy. Like Liam Payne, he released an entire song that was just fetishizing his girlfriend's sexuality. Like that shit's weird. I just, I I, 
Yeah, you feel really uncomfortable. Kind of, I I feel uncomfortable disclosing my sexuality to people sometimes. I do feel I do feel weird being like, oh, I'm I'm into men and women, and that's okay. It I think it is just that internalization of that. I think I'm going to be rejected by people by saying that, you know. And it's just it's it's horrible that like that's now a reality for a lot of people who are coming out because I not that I'm like everyone's the little bi but I just I, I think women are just so fantastic I think it's impossible to not be attracted but to women you know you just look at women and it's like that Saoirse Rosen thing where it's just women <laughs> like that's just like the beginning basis I'm like women that's it it's that's so funny is that I'm literally the opposite of you whereas I'm not at all afraid because if those people want to reject me then they do not need to be in my life anyway mm-hmm. I think it's like I hate that there's this attitude around like I I don't know like I obviously can't speak about bisexual men I don't know but bisexual mm-hmm. women are fetish- fetishized to the extreme like women are fetishized anyway but bisexual on top of that disgusting I think I think both sides have like their own problems because bisexual women are fetishized well I think bisexual men are less likely to be trusted in a way because like it's on both sides of the house but i think a lot of straight women will reject bisexual men you know because they'll be like oh you're into guys and i i've seen a lot of women do that for no reason like the thing is is that like i feel like you're allowed to have dating preferences you're allowed to say oh i don't like or i like people who are taller than me that's my preference cool but like someone's sexuality Mm. that's not a preference yeah you can't control just, how someone feels yeah that's Even just phobia. yeah like if someone doesn't tell you as well that doesn't mean that they're not that you know you can be a closeted bisexual doesn't mean like you know there's different like it applies to everything you know you don't know how someone feels on the inside so you'll never be able to tell um but that's yeah. the thing like i am i'm a firm belief that like yeah. you don't owe anyone your sexuality you don't owe anyone any information about yourself so if you don't want to say it, you don't have to. You know, if you're comfortable within it, and I'm not, like, coming out is a very different thing because that can be a very monumental and important moment to people, and I'm not belittling that in any way, shape, or form. But if you're comfortable in your sexuality, I don't feel like you have to constantly tell people. They don't, like like I said, straight people don't ever have to go, hello there, I'm straight. Yeah, they should. <laughs> they, should. they should so we know who to, who to avoid. <laughs> No, like, I, uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. But really, like, with this whole episode, we just want to remember that we have so much to give back to the origins of Pride. Yeah. Because, like, so much of our lingo as well within gay culture is from drag queens, and particularly from black drag queens. Like, just old girl, like, old girl, like, child, like, everything like that. It comes from their culture. You know, and like not we... that I'm saying appropriation, but I'm saying that, you know, the only reason why this is a thing and is popular and is kind of you're allowed to use it is because you are part of this community that they have decided to share with you and fight for you. Exactly. Like organized like Star Pride, the original Pride, like the original fucking Pride marches were organized by these people. So stand up for them too when exactly. they need it. Cause... And like that's the thing is that a lot of popular culture is based around the LGBTQ plus community, particularly drag queens, particularly drag oh. women particularly sorry drag queens drag women trans women trans women in drag a lot of what we have today a lot of popular culture 
comes from those points. A lot of fashion trends comes from those points. A lot of makeup trends comes from there. So if you baking, dressing. I remember when I setting spray, drag invention. You know, like it's this false eyelashes popularized by drag queens. Like, like oh my god! Like you're going to partake in these trends and then disrespect the LGBTQ plus community. I think you need to need to kindly let yourself out. You need to leave because you don't get to benefit from what these communities have given to you, and that goes for any minority community. That goes for from any community that's ever been so, like uh, experienced mm. any shape of prejudice. You don't get to take the good parts of these but communities I- and ignore the bits you don't like. Mm-hmm. That's the same within the LGBTQ community. Just because you, yeah. as a gay person, or just because you are comfortable with your sexuality and are generally accepted for it that doesn't mean you stop um fighting for your trans friends it doesn't mean you stop fighting for your non-binary friends it doesn't mean you stop mm-hmm. fighting for your ace or asexual friends you know and i think it's very important mm-hmm. that we remember that yeah okay we've taken steps forward but there's still a long way to go there's no finish line yeah. the finish line just keeps moving forward and we're going to keep fighting yeah. regardless of where like where or when we need to just keep going exactly and so like i after these chats it's often hard like it's often it's very easy to feel sad after discussing kind of how pride is but in a way it it does make my heart feel a bit fuller remembering these people and admiring what they've done and really i encourage anyone if just to do some research into um marsha p johnson everyone who surrounds her um the film that we are both films are uh, being streamed right now, but particularly yeah. to, to su- support the Black trans community, um, please go watch uh, Happy Birthday, Marsha, which is on Amazon Prime. I know a lot of people don't agree with Amazon Prime because of its links to, of course, Amazon, but it is being streamed there. Um, it's a short film, only 14 yeah. minutes long. We will also it. include donation links to different funds that help the Black trans community, particularly in America, especially after everything that's happened over the past few weeks about how they've been murdered. Um, and we want to make sure to like as part because we are both part of the lgbtq plus community we want to make sure that we're we stand up for the people who are being like drowned out yeah. for the people who don't have this have the same like yeah. we acknowledge we have more privilege yeah and we want to use our privilege to highlight these people that need help yeah so, so please, please, is, please 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 check out the, check out the donation links um, I, I I will be and am sharing petitions. We will be sharing petitions on our Instagram. Just keep an eye on our Instagram. Look in the bio. There will be something there because we just want to support in any way we possibly can. Um, so mm-hmm. we are at time, so I think we have to wrap up. This has been Are You Two In Love or with Eva O'Byrne and Lucy Holmes or Lucy Holmes and Eva O'Byrne, depending which way you like us. Um, thank you for your constant support and thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Stay sexy, guys. Stay sexy.